Hey everyone, welcome to Space Time, a new podcast series from SpaceExplorer.com. In this episode, we're going to focus on a bit of the behind the scenes of what it's like to cover the Mars 2020 Perseverance rover launch at Kennedy Space Center in Cape Canaveral, Florida. Earlier this week, I shared my recap from launch week and our first installment of Dispatches from NASA, a new series where we share what it's like to cover a flagship mission in person. I also asked my Space Explored colleagues, Daryl Sasse and Seth Krakowski, to have a conversation about their experience covering their first mission for SpaceExplored.com and to discuss a bit of the news from the week, which was capped off with the successful splashdown of astronauts Bob Behnken and Doug Hurley after their SpaceX Demo 2 mission. So if you haven't yet, please check out our first Dispatches from NASA piece for much more on Mars 2020 and enjoy the show with Seth and Daryl this week. Hey everyone, my name is Seth Kurkowski. And I'm Daryl Salse. And we are two of the new reporters and photographers for SpaceExplorer.com. Together we bring about five years or so of following the space activities of all the major companies, SpaceX, ULA, Blue Origin... All the rocket launches, we've been chasing launches for a while. Me, primarily in Florida. Daryl, everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Seth Seth lives down in in Florida, down past uh, the Space Coast. South Beach. Yep, South Beach, Florida. And I I am born and raised and still here in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I have my own space-related stuff here. But it's nothing like over on the Space Coast, and that's what we both love getting to. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I started going into space. My first rocket launch actually was a uh, Falcon Heavy demo back in February of 2018. Yeah. Right? Yep. doesn't feel like it's been that long ago. It feels like it's only been a couple <laughs> months. But, yeah, it's been two years. Oh, man, I don't feel like I'm that old to start saying I don't think it's been that long ago. <laughs> I, I feel know, like I've, I've gotten to that age now. <laughs> I, I was just thinking earlier uh, earlier today that the events of last week with the launch of Perseverance and the return of the Demo 2 crew, that it already feels like forever ago. It was yeah, one week. It t- today makes one week since Perseverance launched, and it, it feels like forever ago. It's it's such a fun fun thing to do. You know, uh, there, there's times where you go out there, it's miserable. Um, but when it's all said and done, you're you're glad you did it every time. Every single time it was a blast to go out there. I don't. I. I think. I what? I've been going to launches for two years now. I don't even. I lost count of how many launches I've been to. <laughs> especially when I used. Especially when I lived in Orlando. I went to college in Orlando, and that's where I saw my first. This first launch was out the back lot of my college, and uh, I thirty minute drive. Go to the bar, get a Jack and Coke, and uh, uh, just <laughs> watch the launch and then drive back. <laughs> oh, yeah, the days my, uh... of simplicity. My, uh, my my first attempt at seeing a launch was SpaceX's GPS-3 mission back in December of 2018. I just got myself a, uh, uh, a new Jeep. I bought it to be a road tripper, and I said, you know what? Let me go see what it's like to photograph a rocket launch. And even, it, it, you know, it, it scrubbed back so far. I didn't get to see it. And even with not seeing a launch on that trip, I still was hooked, you know, just being there, seeing one on the pad, something I've watched on TV and online ever since I was a kid. You know, it was it was amazing to finally be out there and see a rocket on a pad, 
with my own eyes as far away as it was because <laughs> I saw it from the Saturn V Center, but it was it was worth it. And I've been going back as much as possible ever since. Yeah, I grew up in a in a town. It was a decent sized town, uh, but in Milwaukee County, up in Wis- up in the grid, great great state of Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> I am a Wisconsinite, though I am a Michigander by birth, uh, which definitely ten out of ten has the better better naming sound, Michigander. <laughs> other than I'm actually a Michigander and I'm a troll because I lived I was under the bridge. That's a whole another story. But uh, <laughs> I started doing so – we're also photographers. Um, yes. I started doing photography. Actually, uh, I followed the great photographers like Nathan Barker, Trevor Melman, John Krause, um, Brady Kensington, all those guys um, on Twitter for the longest time when I started really wanting to get into the space community on Twitter and like following space. And I'm like – I saw I kept on seeing their, their, their streaks at night, the long exposure streaks. And I'm like, I want to do that. <clears throat> so I uh, – for when I graduated from graduated from college, I uh, got my parents to buy me a camera for my gift. Uh, mm-hmm. They asked what I wanted, and asked what I said, and I still have it. It's my T six. Um, it will be my sacrificial lamb one day for remotes. Um, <laughs> that's the only way it should go out. Yes, is for yes. that. Uh, when did you start doing photography? Well, believe it or not, I got into it when I was a kid. Um, my dad served in Vietnam. And he had bought himself a camera over there and was taking pictures. And I remember seeing all of the things he would take pictures of. He was uh, in the Navy on one of the little river patrol boats. And uh, when he had spare time, he would take pictures of stuff. He took a picture of a Huey and had the shutter speed so fast that he stopped the blades and just caught him in perfect detail. And just seeing that and knowing it was in the air, but it looked like it was still that's what got me hooked. And then I really started learning about it, getting into it. When I was in the Boy Scouts, I went for the photography merit badge. My instructor wasn't the best and we kind of screwed up the developing process, but it still got me into it. And then uh, when I finally got into it later in life, uh, my brother had Canon Rebel something. This was like back in 2013, 2014, something like that. He let me borrow it for a Blue Angel show here in New Orleans. And you know, I, I was, you know, blown away by what I was able to catch. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I, I think I shot an auto most of the day. And sure enough, on that same uh, that same project, I happened to catch the propeller blades of Fat Albert, the Blue Angel Support C-130. Caught him dead still, just like my dad did with the Huey. And that was it. I was hooked. I, I've been dabbling around and stuff ever since. And here I am. I guess I can call myself a rocket launch photographer. It, it still feels weird to say, you know, I, it, people call me a professional and I don't, <laughs> it, it still feels weird to say, you know, uh, I, I don't make too much money off of it. Uh, I'll make something every now and again. Uh, I shot a wedding from a friend recently and that's something I would never do. Um, and I've sold some prints online and everybody was really happy with the stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things. I'm I'm just happy to be doing it. Happy to have the opportunity to do it. You know, not just on my own, but now, like you, we're doing it for the team at SpaceExplored.com, and it's great. And uh, we've known each other for a while. We're not yes. we're not new people. Um, <laughs> we we do a uh, we do a, a podcast on Monday nights called Rapid and Scheduled Discussions. Play on the words of uh, on the on the popular acronym of RUD. 
uh, wrapped around scheduled uh, disassembly, which is usually what happens in that show on Discovery. <laughs> uh, usually, so that's a Monday night live show type deal as well. We do, um, and so it's kind of funny that we both get picked up to to start writing <laughs> and uh, working with uh, Space Explored. Uh, yeah, and I've done I, I've done press that before, but through the social through the uh, United Launch Flight socials. But last week, um, Thursday for the March 2020 launch was our first outing. The whole team, Space Explored, first outing as an actual uh, media outlet at the press site, three to four miles away. Uh, yeah, that's an experience as always. It, it is. It is just a just the views alone are incredible. You know the a uh, little bit of behind the scenes stuff, space wise, that you get to see that you don't see from the visitor complex and things like that. Unfortunately. We can't talk about it too much. Definitely can't show pictures of it, um, which we didn't take any anyway because we knew better. Um, just, it, but just having the chance to do that experience is, you know, I, I'm sure I'm going to have the same feels every time. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's it's really great to be there. every time I've been on base. Oh, well, that was my fourth time being on on the Air Force base, and it's the same feeling every time. <laughs> uh, and I was talking with a friend of mine when we were at the, uh, when I went to that NASA social. It's the same feeling every time when you go into the VA, uh, vehicle assembly building. So you walk in every single time, you're just like, oh my God. Like, I still so haven't huge. had the opportunity to do that yet. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. one day. Ho- hopefully one day they'll, we'll all get back in there because that that's an experience. That's definitely the top experience. Yeah. Um, so uh, speaking of being able to uh, go and cover this as press last week. Um, we wanted to just do a, a week in review this week about the things that have happened in spaceflight. And uh, I guess it's kind of weird to call it a week in review because it's, you know, two major events that happened within a few days of each other. Um, and it started with the launch of Perseverance on uh, Atlas V. Yeah, they launched uh, out of what's, oh God, I'm going to mess it up, Six forty one. Yes. I always I always mess up which one's which forty and forty one who who does it, forty but. forty is SpaceX forty one is Atlas yeah but forty is whatever uh, I know they launched it's, out slick they launched <laughs> out slick forty one on uh, out in um, Cape Canaveral Air Force Station on Atlas five five four one it's a five meter fairing four solid rocket motors and then one RL ten engine on the Centaur stage upper stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a two hour window. Um, it opened at 7.50 a.m., I believe. Um, yep. We were out there bright and early, all three of us, Zach included. Um, which I am so jealous of Zach. He got to do that without having to take photos, just doing like kind of <laughs> and enjoy the moment. And I'm like, I've never been able to do that that close. It was, it was a crazy, it, just a crazy situation, you know, just the, the entire team getting to be out there, especially during COVID. With that going on these yeah, days, so it's, it's pretty the wild Air that Force that happens. And NASA have some pretty strict um, uh, rules with 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 COVID happening. So uh, mask at always at all times, um, ten feet ten feet apart, not just six feet apart. They're ten feet apart out there. Mm. Um, you have to stay by your car. Cars have to be fifteen feet away from each other mm. when parked. So they keep everyone spread out um, and safe, of course, yep. at this time. So we were all that's Pro- that's the only reason why. To them. Yeah, the only reason why I went to that launch actually at all was because I got to go on, on the base, yeah. and it launched. I mean, let's talk about our uh, our camera gear that we brought. Okay, uh, I'll let you go ahead and go first. So, <clears throat> I am not as loaded with the gear as my friend Daryl <laughs> is. Um, 
I have, of course, I have two cameras. I have my T6 and my, my 7D. Um, didn't use the T6 because why? Um, <laughs> but I had the 7D up to with a 600 millimeter uh, lens on it. Well, 150 to 600, but uh, we just call it 600 millimeter lens. Yeah. Uh, getting some pictures with my great big cam- uh, tripod that Daryl's jealous of every time I bring I it out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got some video, which I haven't posted yet. Still need to edit that. Some slow-mo video and some... Uh, Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, just slow mo video and stills, and I posted my pictures, and uh, they're up on my store as well. But we had a, uh, it was a great time. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. You had the major setup. You I I all the tricks. I always bring the major setup. Um, you know, at, at, on the lower level, I had myself a GoPro, uh, which I've gone back and listened to it. It did really good on the sound quality, like really good, especially for how loud a launch can get that close to it. Um. And of course I shot video from my cell phone because, Hey, the, the more you get, <laughs> the more you have to work with. Yep. Um, after that I had set up my Canon 70 for, I was going to try a daytime street shot. Why not? I set the timer that, you know, had the wireless remote. I gave it to Zach. I said, here, when you see smoke, press that start button. But he was busy getting video of us. And I, I know our fans have probably seen the little short video of him showing us in action with a rocket lifting off in the background. You know what? I couldn't be happier with that. Um, so the fact that the streak didn't work out, oh, well, is what it is. There'll be more. Um, as far as on my main tripod, I had my 5D Mark II uh, with my, what is it, 200 millimeter lens. I was taking video with that. Not bad. I realized I need to clean that 5D. <laughs> there there are some spots on it, but it was really smooth and everything like that. And for my monster, my main camera, um, it was a Kia, uh, Canon EOS R, which I'm using right now. Also, It also doubles as a webcam for me, which is awesome. Um, attached to that, I had a 150 to 600 with a two times extender. Uh, I, I like my photos to be up close and personal with the rocket. So the closer I can get to a launch, I'm happy. I, I've said time and time again, if there's a waiver I can sign to get closer, I will do it. <laughs> I will sign it. Um, but in addition to that year, we were also allowed to set up remotes at the launch pad. Um, our editor, Zach Hall, uh, who you've heard from previous podcasts, um, he was the only one cleared to go out there and actually set them up. So I helped put everything together. He brought one camera. I used my 6D Mark II, which is my number two camera. Um, you know, for the first time out, I was willing to sacrifice that one for the cause. And, uh, you know, we, we set up various len- uh, lenses trying to do a wide angle shot on one of them and a close in engine shot on the other one. Well, the wide shot of the whole launch didn't happen um it happened but there was a problem with our setup where the protective rain cover we had on it because we set it up 24 hours before um it slipped off the front of it and covered the front of it you can see a little bit of launch and it's it's weird but it's not anything really worth sharing um the other one you know for the first time for any of us trying to set up a pad remote not terribly disappointed in it. Um, it. It was overexposed for what we were going for, but just in general, it makes a great sequence of just seeing the rocket leave the pad 
close up. And uh, honestly, I, for, like I said, for the first time out for any of us trying to do this, you know, Seth even helps uh, with stuff too. You know, we talked things over with him before he made it up to us. Uh, so it really was a team effort on that one. And I'm, I'm not disappointed. Uh, Space Explorer is definitely going to have more great stuff uh, for future launches. For and for those listening we're, we're really don't, excited. who don't understand like a remote shot, what the portable remote shot is, it's probably a lot of you yeah. don't know what that is. Um, so some sometimes for launches, the either NASA or the um, company that's launching, or the SpaceX United launch lines at the moment, um, they will allow the actual press on their launch pad. Um, usually you, no one can get on the launch pad, but uh, because you can't, actually um you know be there on the launch pad without dying um, yes it, it literally will kill you <laughs> yeah and um you actually set they allow you to set up remote cameras and so these are remote cameras that they're in boxes are covered in bags and they're uh you have to have them last up to sometimes 48 hours mm-hmm. um with uh sound triggered remote uh sound triggering um remote triggers uh that'll mm-hmm. that'll take the pictures and yeah make, it all has to be self-sufficient pretty much um, and we've all, both of us have been wanting to do that for a very, very long time. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's a great honor to finally get out there and do it. Yeah. Uh, it's, and, and you know, the, the, the community of people that do this is super awesome. You know, uh, there, there really are no enemies amongst each other in this group. Everybody's going to do their own thing and everybody's going to, you know, keep a couple of secrets to themselves. But generally, if you, if you need some help, um, we had another friend of ours in the community who came through and left some hand warmers for us and we could tape to the front of it to keep it from getting fogged up, um, really came through for us. And, uh, that, that just goes to show you the kind of community this is that we're a part of and, and you know, becoming bigger parts of, and we, we couldn't be happier to be part of a group like this. It's really awesome. Um, so yeah, the, uh, going back to the launch itself, you know, it lifted off. Right on to actually not right on time. 10 milliseconds uh, early. 10 milliseconds yeah, early. Was, United Launch Alliance yeah. tweeted that they left 10 milliseconds early, which yeah. for the, them is a big deal. That's the reason why you go ULA. I mean, SpaceX is the big hotshot in the, in the, in the world right now because they, they, they're doing the things that was considered impossible at the time and they're doing oh, yes. their groundbreaking. I mean, they're, they're doing groundbreaking technology, but you and United Launch Alliance, the OGs of the group, um, they have heritage going back all the way to the original. Uh, original launch uh, launch uh, vehicles all the way back. They had contractors with all three of the uh, the original uh, crewed programs, all four, including shuttle, yeah. and um, they know what they're doing. And they bang on launched at the opening of the window. Oh yes, and they got it into the right uh, smack on middle of their uh, the old bullseye that they have. Uh, yeah, for, they uh, uh, for sending it they- out. It, who cares if they don't reuse their boosters? You want to go somewhere? You go with them. If you want to go somewhere and you have a multi-million dollar, or even more, I think it's probably a few hundred millions of dollars, uh, rover or uh, payload. Yeah, uh, the United launches are your are your people. They uh, it, it's it, it's more than that. This was this is considered a flagship mission, flat flagship mission <laughs> for NASA. Um, you know, this is super high profile. You know, it's sending something to another planet. Now, granted, we've done it before, and in fact, this rover is yeah. reusing spare parts from the previous one, but it's still no small feat 
to do. And you can't um, and you can't put any risk on anything. And, and a lot of people ask why they didn't do Falcon. I mean, one one reason is one Atlas Five is probably the best rocket for this. Anything interplanetary, oh, yes. it's hands down the best. Also, oh, yes. um, back when they back when they planned out this mission, uh, Falcon Nine was very new. So the, yes. NASA usually doesn't put rockets on a. A new a new spacecraft. Uh, now, when you yeah. think about it, uh, Falcon Nine might be in might be in there, um, mm-hmm. or especially probably a Falcon Heavy. But even the Falcon Heavy is only launched three times. So uh, United yeah. Launch Alliance has has everything under the belt. Um, still at one hundred percent launch reliability. Yes. Um, now that goes back to the formation of United Launch Alliance itself. Yes. One hundred percent launch reliability. Have not lost. Um, a, a payload single rocket a single of their payload. fault. Yep. No, no failed missions of their fault. Yep. Every launch has been bang on spot. Spot on. Yeah. So and the launch, the launch of Perseverance, uh, makes this Mars season three for three on launches so far. Mm-hmm. Now we wait until February when all three of the worldwide Mars missions actually arrive at their destination, and it. We just got to wait and see what happens with them. Yeah, and they they already look healthy. Um, the teams at JPL have already uh, started doing some flight operations on them, um, powering mm-hmm. things up, testing things up, and they're doing yes. well. Um, they're doing nice and he- uh, they're being nice and healthy. Uh, yep. We got the speaking had- course with Yako Yako uh, Kares from JPL yeah. uh, talking about uh, ingenuity. So if you guys want obviously want to learn more about that, check out that episode. We talked a lot about um, that mission and what it's going to be doing. Inge- yeah. uh Sorry, Perseverance, on the other hand, uh, has is a load of suite of, um, of scientific inf- instruments uh, with going being the first uh, payload that NASA sending to look to to determine for life, to look for past life yep. or even current life. Um, yep. Doing core and samples, doing yep. um, the uh, core samples for a return mission for possible. Yeah, this is the, the first step. This is what I'm super excited about. It is the first step um, to a return mission of martian soil which yeah. i mean is a hail mary uh literally a hail, hail mary shot uh mm-hmm. i think we're not the 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 actual program to actually return them hasn't even been funded yet it's yeah. only it's only on paper and in plans but uh nasa wants to do it by, by around the 2030s uh send a mission out there to return a uh, the, core, the core samples yep uh as well as they're doing research that's going to be very, very valuable to humans landing on Mars uh, in the future with MOXIE. Um, I don't remember what it stands for, but uh, basically it's turning the uh, carbon dioxide atmosphere into oxygen to, to allow Mars oxygen in situ- uh, in, in situation. Yeah, something super complicated that uh, we're not smart enough to really know how it happens. But yeah, it uh, it turns it, it's turning to breath- breathable oxygen, or more importantly, liquid uh, oxygen that can be used for fuel. Um, yeah. So of course, SpaceX has the plan to go in line with SpaceX has the plan to send humans to Mars, colonize Mars. Um, yeah. So they're, they're, and this will be helpful to them because they're a hundred percent rooting that you send your starship there it lands and it refuels itself and comes and comes back yeah yeah speaking of starship I, do you want to touch on starship real quick uh we can real quick yeah so starship the other day was it yesterday no day before that yeah um, two days ago two days ago did their first uh 150 meter hop 120 meter yep. hop something like that it, that was 150 feet. it's about 500 feet for us stateside 
Yes. Um, and this, it doesn't look like much. I mean, actually, especially if you're staying there watching it build up the entire time over these last couple months and all their testing they've been doing for the past year since Starhopper. I was screaming when I saw it. I was <laughs> jumping up and down pretty much. And uh, when uh, this is not just the start of a uh, Martian plan to get humans to Mars. This is also the first test launch of NASA's human landing system for Artemis, mm. which is something that not a lot of people remember, or even, you know, like Starship is a possible human lander for the Artemis program. So yeah. they're already test launching this thing. So Artemis is full blown going right now. And I can't. Oh, remember. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and as far as other crewed missions go, um, we just saw the conclusion on Sunday to a very high-profile mission that returned the capability of the United States to be able to launch its own astronauts into space. That's the DM-2 mission. Um, sure, you heard about it by now. Um, it saw astronauts Bob Bankin and Doug Hurley um, return to Earth just off of the coast of Pensacola, Florida. Um, really smooth mission. In a post-press uh, conference, Gwen Shotwell of SpaceX said, it, it was super smooth. Like they were really hard pressed to find any really major issues to take care of. And I, I, that, that speaks volumes for the teams at SpaceX and NASA uh, dealing with ISS and everything like that to just have this run so smoothly. Um, and, you know, barring anything major that's found from entry and splashdown, everything's on track for the first operational crewed mission launching next month september of 2020 yeah yeah very early at um i believe it's the beginning of september i think or mid-september uh, uh yeah <clears throat> it, it's in the first half of september yeah it's very very close for, for very 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 close uh mm-hmm. and when when bob and doug launched they didn't even know how long their mission was going to be uh, right. everyone has speculations of it originally being only a couple of days to it being almost a six a full six month journey out there a full expedition crew but um, a little bit after they launched, they said they'll be they'll be coming back with enough time to to launch Crew One, and they they said Crew One would be happening later this year. Yeah, um, yeah. So they uh, they came up. Both astronauts were very very positive of the of the of the capsule. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have any major concerns at all when they came back, uh, especially with landing. They seemed relatively. They seemed pretty uh, pretty on spot health wise coming back. Like they they looked great. Yeah. Well, minus the picture of them on the plane, but, uh, <laughs> they where they looked absolutely defeated. But when they came I mean, off it, the plane, it, they had a big day. They had, they had a big day. They had a long two months as well. But when they came off that plane for the press conference at Johnson, they they were walking off and they were they sat right down and they were great. Yeah, uh, they looked yeah, all they, good. They, they definitely weren't going to stand and talk like everyone else did. <laughs> no, they definitely were sitting. They were definitely not. Yeah, that was that would definitely be a lot. But, and look, uh, you know what? After after a big major mission like that, they deserve to sit down and take a load off. You know, yep. <laughs> go ahead, guys, have a seat. You've earned it. So yeah. other things. So so yeah, they had a great uh, great time with um with that mission. We we enjoyed watching it. Uh, I was holding my breath the entire time. My first yes. first time seeing a crew return. First time there was a U.S. splashdown since uh, the Apollo Soyuz test project about forty five years ago. Yep, 45 um, years. I think it was like 40 years ago since the last splashdown period because um, there's a Soyuz S splashdown in Russia. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, 40, it's been a while and they knocked it out of the park minus the boating issue, but that's a whole other story. 
Yeah. Um, no, this they, is a, this is actually the first time that anything like that has come down in this, the Gulf of Mexico. And also this close to, to the coast at all. Cause I think the Apollos were all out in the Pacific. Yeah. Um, so the Apollos were in the middle of nowhere Pacific <laughs> for, for a very good reason that we found out this Sunday with uh, the yeah. ability of having random boaters, but uh, <laughs> they, they, they state the statements from NASA and from, and from the coast guard saying that those would be, those would be fixed. And when they yeah. splash down next time, sometime, I think in 2021 with crew mm-hmm. one, if it launches on the right time, uh, that those issues would be fixed and hopefully yep. we'll be able to maybe see some of that and everybody will report on it. But, uh, neither and of us always, can make it to Pensacola. Yeah. And always the, um, the prime splashdown spot is right off the coast of the Kennedy Space Center. Mm-hmm. They go fish out the crew, fly them back to land, and then fly them over to Houston. And then they fish out the capsule and bring it right over to KSC to unload whatever cargo they bring back and to process it to get reused again. In fact, as we speak, Go Navigator should be arriving there. I believe somebody said tomorrow morning, um, the morning of Friday the 7th. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's coming back. There's a, there's a good process that they have down. It's not like the old days when you wanted to reuse something and it was going to take six months or something crazy to be able to reuse it. Now they got a, you know, they got boosters they're reflying, they got capsules they're reflying, but the only thing they're wasting is the second stage at this point. So it's good stuff. So really yeah, that, that was the last week, and that's a little bit about us. Uh, like I said, we do a podcast every Monday night. That's on uh, YouTube, Rapid on Schedule Discussions. Also, we have a Twitter page for it as well. And yes. it's out on um, almost uh, most podcast um, places you can listen, if I remember to upload them, and, uh, <laughs> which is usually a big thing that we have to remember. But uh, yeah. um, uh, look, A little bit about Rapid on Schedule Discussions. It's, it, it's a much looser podcast show then some of the other things you'll listen to we have guests on all the time uh in and around the space flight industry and we 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 touch on things that have happened in the news but it's mostly the way i like to say it think about it as kind of like a late night talk show of the space flight uh community that's how we try to keep it we have a guest on we chat with them we laugh and joke with them it's just you know kick your feet back have a drink and it just a casual good time so come and check us out Monday nights. Like Seth said, look for us on YouTube is where we host our live stream. You can join us in chat. We interact with chat. Um, you can also find us on, uh, like Seth said, on all of the podcast streaming services that you might use. Yep. And uh, we're also, if you guys want to connect with us, we're always hanging out on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. I'm at Seth Kirk. That's S-E-T-H-K-U-R-K, not K-I-R-K. That's a whole <laughs> different other Kirk. <laughs> And uh, my Twitter is at Sauce Images, S-A-U-S-S-E. Yes, not sausage. No, not. <laughs> All right, it's thank, okay, I get it a lot. Thank you so yeah, thanks for listening and uh, well thanks for listening to Space Time. All right, that is Space Time for this week. We will be back with a brand new episode next week. To get up to speed on all the space news that's happened since Mars 2020 launched and uh, astronauts Bob and Doug returned. So stay subscribed and stay tuned. Take care.